God still loves you and God can still move even when we're forced. Amen. I was drugged to church all the time. And let me tell you, God, man, God would touch me even though I would fight and scream and punch. Amen. Not to go. But when I would get there, God would still speak to me. I want to preach a message entitled, Who is Your Pastor? And have you guys heard sermons, people, you know, getting down on cell phone usage and media and Facebook? Anybody heard a sermon like that? No? Yes? You guys can, yeah. You, yes, and this is no. Amen. People are always hammering on it, and I don't want to hammer on it, but I just want to talk to you about something. Who knows what the largest church in the world is? Does anybody know? Is it the Catholic Church? Jehovah's Witness Church? Is it the Muslim Church? Actually, it's the Church of YouTube. The Church of YouTube is the largest church in the world. And what's going on, especially in, in this generation, is that people are being taught or people are being raised on social media and no longer trusting a local body or a local pastor to have any kind of influence in their lives. And it's just like, send you a link, send you a link, send you a link. And that seems to be most people's experience about God. You know, and you can go on YouTube and, and it can be a guy, it can be a girl, it can be a, a transvestite, it can be a lesbian, whatever, and everybody's preaching on there. You've got to ask yourself, who is your pastor and what are you listening to? Because listen, whoever you listen to makes a huge, huge difference in your life. I had some buddies, amen, they told me pot was cool, amen, for the next eight years I smoke pot every day. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have listened to them, you know. But what you listen to and who you listen to makes a big, big difference in your life. And you've got to understand this, if you go to a church, that the pastor there is not just your parents' pastor. He is your pastor. And you should want to talk to him and develop a relationship with him, even if it's just to complain about his sermon. Doesn't matter. Listen, but learn to talk to him. Learn to be open with him and have a relationship with your pastor. Pastor Warren to complain about his sermon. Doesn't matter. Listen, but learn to talk to him. Learn to be open with him and have a relationship with your pastor. Pastor Warner is my pastor and there's several times that I called him and went off, went a little crazy and you know what? He just took it and he says, Julio, well, this is that. But I was developing even though I was just a rebel and just, I would call just to complain. But I began to build a relationship with Pastor Warner. Listen to what 2 Timothy chapter 3 says. It says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped 
for every good work. The scripture says two things. Listen, and if you don't believe people are trying to deceive you, then why are they saying that now there are 27 genders? Do you believe, does anybody believe there are 27 genders? Do you believe that lie? Three people. No, nobody raised their hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, listen, they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff. They're saying all kinds of lies and, and people are preaching. But this scripture is saying, listen, there's people going to come, evil men, who are deceiving and they are going to deceive others and lead them astray. But then it also says, but you, you remember who you heard the truth from. You have a relationship with the one who told you the truth. The problem with the YouTube church is that you don't know this guy. You don't know his wife. You don't know his kids. You don't know if he's a pothead, if he's a cokehead. You don't know what he is. You don't know any of his friends. You don't know anybody that he knows. But in your church, you can see the pastor. You can see him serving God. You can see him coming faithfully. You can see his wife. You can see his kids. And if you build a relationship with him, you will know him personally. There's a huge difference there from the YouTube church. Is that you build a relationship with this guy that's right in front of your eyes. These scriptures first say faithfulness to what trusted man or the man of God has entrusted to you. And second it says that scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Listen to what the message translation says. It says unscrupulous con men will come in to exploit the faith. They're as deceived as the people they lead astray. As long as they are out there, things can only get worse, but don't let it faze you. Stick to what you learned and believed, sure of the integrity of your teachers. It's talking about your pastor. That you can be sure that your pastor is, is a man of God and that what he is teaching you is truth and right and holy and the word of God. There was an article that said, is the internet killing Christianity? And we know it is and we know it kills marriages and we know it kills families and we know it kills, amen, children. People are hooked on social media and addicted to their phones. But this isn't a message about your phone. What I want to look at is the real movement of the church of YouTube is to change the traditional church where you go somewhere. Does anybody play sports? What if you were on that team but you never showed up to practice? Are you really on that team? What if the guy who was the starter, say the starting quarterback in the football team, never came to practice, never showed up to a game, but he says, I believe in my team. Me and my team are real tight. You know, I'm going to take them to the championship. You know, I care about this team. We're close. I just don't believe in an organized sport. And so many people get this attitude about church. Well, I love God and I know God, but I don't have to go to church. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's like you're saying, I have a job, but I never go. No, then you don't have a job. 
You can't say you have a relationship with God and never want to come to church and never want to have a relationship with your pastor. And that's exactly what's going on with this YouTube church. It's like people who self-diagnose themselves. Doctors say this is the biggest problem that they face right now. That people go on the internet and then they look up some symptoms and they say I have this and they start to treat it and it's totally something different and they're causing more problems than they're fixing. People want to diagnose themselves and just look on YouTube, look on the internet and they have all the answers and they forget about a body, they forget about a family. Hebrews 10.25 says, Don't forsake the gathering together or the assembling together as the manner of some is. Look at Jesus, Luke 4.16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue, which is the church, on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Do you think Jesus really needed to be taught the word of God? He didn't go there because he didn't know the word of God. He went there to teach us and to show us a very powerful principle that the local church is very important in your life. It makes a huge difference in you. What is taught behind this pulpit will impact you, will make you a man or a woman who can take care of a spouse, who can take care of children, who can hold a job, who can know right from wrong, who will have some sense and not believe that there are 27 genders. California now wants to stop parents from giving kids a sex when they're born. They can't call them male or female. They want to wait till they're teenagers so they can decide for themselves and then they'll put that on the birth certificate. Because you can't say it's a male even though he's a male. Because that is wrong. That's just insanity. Where and from you get your information is really important. Listen, if all you are getting is information out there that has nothing to do with God, listen, you're in for some serious, serious trouble. Before I was saved, like I said, I loved pot. I used to smoke a ton of pot. And I thought I was going to heaven. I used to sell pot in high school. I thought I was going to heaven because I was the most generous dealer on campus. Everybody else, they gave a dime bag, which is $10. They would give about this much. Mine were like that. An eighth, you know, it was probably about like that. Mine was like that. And I said, God, I'm very generous. I'm very nice. And if you only have five bucks, I'll still sell you the dime bag for five bucks. Five bucks is five bucks. And I said, God, how can you not let me into heaven? I'm such a generous dr drug dealer. And you might think that's crazy, but I actually believe that. I thought I was a nice guy that I would make heaven my home. Does that sound crazy to you? I said, God, I'm in so nice and such a good guy, there's no way you can't let me in. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be deceived. Don't be an idiot, he's saying. Bad company corrupts good habits. The New King James says, evil company corrupts good habits. It is staggering how many Christians don't read their Bible, and you may find the Bible boring. Don't raise your hand if you do. When I got saved, the Bible, I looked at the Bible or thought of the Bible as NyQuil. As soon as I would start reading it, I would fall asleep. It was NyQuil to me. Anybody know what NyQuil is? Something you take when you're sick and it makes you go to sleep. 
So I would read it and I would fall asleep and I said, man, this is so boring. How can they read this? And if I would pray, man, I'd pray for about a minute and I'd say, I'm done. You know, and the prayer meeting is still going on. I said, what are they praying about? What more can they have to say? I mean, I was in there for a minute and it seemed like I was in there for a half hour. But I realized something, if I'm ever going to be any kind of a Christian, and that's the decision you've got to make. Do I want to be a Christian, a real Christian? And if you want to be, you're going to have to make a decision where you say, God, something's got to change. And I told God, I hate reading the Bible. It's okay to be honest with God. I said, the word of God is so boring. When I read it, I fall asleep. And I said, if you want me to be a real Christian and to be a successful Christian, then you're going to have to help me not fall asleep when I read your word. And you're going to have to help me love your word. And maybe you're like me. In high school, I never read a book. I did book reports, but I never read the book. And I asked somebody, what was the book about? And I would just kind of just write a report. I never read before I got saved. Never read a book. Maybe a couple of pages about it. I hated reading. I did not like reading. I didn't like school. And I said, God, I hate reading. And then on top of that, the Bible's so boring. I said, but something has got to change. And I said, God, if you want me to change, you're going to have to help me love your word. Not only that, I said, the people in the church are weird. They don't smoke pot. They don't drink. They don't have a sense of humor, I thought. I said, God, you're going to have to help me want to be around these people because I am nothing like them. And I don't even want to be like them. And I don't even want to get along with them. And God began to change my heart. But because I was honest. And I said, God, listen, if you got a better deal, then help me. Right now, let's go back to YouTube. I want to talk about Gnostics. I don't know if anybody knows what Gnostic is. It comes from a false religion out of Egypt, and they claim to be a sect or a section of Christianity. And this is what they believed. They believed you could have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and this is why we're going to talk about YouTube, from the waist up. So you know what that means? That they could do with whatever they wanted with this bottom half, and it was okay because they knew God up here. Some of them would say, no, you know what, that's too much. I can have a relationship with God from the neck up. So what they're saying is, because I know who God is, and I've heard some information about God, it doesn't matter what I do. I can do whatever I want with my body. As long as I have a head knowledge of God, that is enough. And so many Christians live that way. And so many people live that way. Go out there and everybody thinks they're smart and they know nothing. Everybody thinks they have some new truth and they have no truth. Everybody thinks they know more. Go on, the, on a college campus and these guys are the biggest idiots you will ever meet. But they think they know everything. Because they have some knowledge. They think they are superior. And that is what Gnostic means it means knowledge or having superior knowledge and they thought that they had superior knowledge that they could serve jesus without ever serving jesus now does that make sense and so this is where the church of youtube comes in people want to sit at home play their video game play whatever and then just turn on youtube listen to a sermon and that is it never have to come to a church never have to participate never have to face the pastor and you know why most people don't want to come to church because they don't want the pastor to know what's going on in their life 
They don't, they say, you know what, if I go to a church, he's probably going to see that, or he's probably going to smell this pot on me. He's probably going to smell alcohol on me. He's probably going to smell cigarettes on me. Or he's going to know that I'm having sex with somebody. Or he's going to know that I'm doing that. And people stay out of church because they don't want anybody telling them anything. And then what do we say? Well, I know God. It's the exact same thing. We want Christianity without anybody telling us what to do or ever having to participate. And that does not work. The YouTube church is a new form of Gnosticism. What they are promoting is, I don't have to go to church. I don't have to witness. I don't have to tithe. I don't have to pray. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to make friends with anybody in church. All I have to do is turn on the TV and listen to a message, and that is good enough. I know God in my head, so now I have superior knowledge, and that is it. That is the whole movement that is out there. It is avoiding the trouble of going to church just to consume some information. And I just had this conversation with my niece. This was just yesterday. She said she don't want to go to a church. Her daughter is a lesbian. And she says, and they don't like lesbians. Or they, she says, they think lesbianism is wrong. I said, well, God says that's wrong. Not the church. But, well, we say that but because we're reading the Bible. And I said, God says that's wrong. I said, so you want, the, you want them to tell your daughter that it's okay in the house of God, that it's okay to do something that God says is not okay. And she goes, well, I just watch it on TV. And I said, well, that's your problem. You don't want to be confronted. You don't want to be told anything is wrong with your life. How in the world will you ever understand or ever grow in anything if nobody can speak into your life? And that is what is going on in a generation. You can't speak into their life. They want knowledge without ever participating, without ever submitting, without ever listening, without ever working, without ever being a part of anything, just sitting at home consuming information and maybe the information you consume is just video games I don't know what it is maybe it's just music whatever it is you consume but listen if you do not come and be a part of the church you will not make it and that is the whole issue that we are talking about Matthew 7 through 23 says Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, this is what Jesus is saying, I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, you who never wanted to submit to any kind of rules, who never wanted to be a part of any kind of a local body, who say you know me up here, but you serve me from here up, means that your body can do whatever it wants and that's okay. That's good enough. And no, it's not. But that is the spirit, listen, that is in this the time we live. Everybody thinks if you just know something, that is good enough. If you heard it on YouTube, that's good enough. If you heard it on the internet, that's good enough. 
The body says you will, the Bible says you will give an account for everything that you do. Every action you do, every word that you speak. And Jesus gives commands. He says, go out there and win the world. So how can you serve God from the neck up, have this knowledge, but do nothing? Then listen, then you are not serving God and you do not have a relationship. Maybe you understand it this way. Say your parents tell you, I love you and I know you, but I will never cook for you, do your laundry, buy you anything because I know of you right here and that is good enough. What would you say? They already do that? No, don't say that. I hope not. You'd say it's not right. You've got to feed me. You're my mom and dad. You've got to buy me clothes. You've got to do this. Listen, you were made to have a relationship with God. It does not make sense that you just understand or know in your head who he is, but you have no interaction with him or with his family. That makes no sense whatsoever. It's like you coming home every day. Well, this happens a lot. You go straight into your room and don't talk to your parents or anybody else in the house. That's, that's kind of common now. Or you're at the dinner table and everybody's on the phone and nobody talks to each other. That's not a real relationship, is it? There's got to be more to it than that. And it is not good enough for you to know that Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave. That's not enough. That is just having a knowledge of what Christ has done. You have to be involved. You have to be involved in a local body. If you ever want to grow, if you ever want to know if God is good and if God is real and if God can change your circumstance or change your heart or change your parents or change your brother and sister or change your teachers, whatever you need a real miracle, you will never experience a miracle if you don't ever serve God. And all that's happening is you're cheating yourself. You cheat yourself when you refuse to participate in what God has for you. Jesus died that this body, that this church might minister to you and help you and teach you and that your pastor, listen, can speak into your life and give you some real direction and some real help and maybe you don't get it at home, maybe you don't get it anywhere else. There is a man right here who's the pastor of this church that you can talk to, that you can see him live out his faith every day. The problem with the YouTube church is you will never be corrected. You will never be confronted. And we just read the scripture says the word of God is for reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. You will never receive any of that watching something on television or on your phone or on your iPad. That man can never speak into your life. That man can never correct you. That man can never tell you you're wrong. And sometimes you need to hear you're wrong. That only happens in a church, in a local body. That's why the church of God is so important. And it's not your parents that serve God. Forget about them right now. You have to serve God for yourself. You have to decide if you want a relationship. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of, if you, don't, if you might think, eh, nobody will listen, they don't care. Everybody I hung out with did drugs. We were all cokeheads and potheads and we... Acid and shrooms, whatever we can get a hold of, we did. 
My father was murdered at four years old. And somehow somebody told us about Jesus and so we started going to church and us kids were forced to go to church. But as I sat there, listen, at five, six, seven, God began to touch me. And did I know? No, you know, I, I, some, God was doing something real in my life. But did I serve God? Did anything change? No, I, I refused to allow it to happen. But I remember because I was in church so now I'm in high school and now I'm selling drugs and this might sound kind of funny but every night I would repent of my sin and I meant it I was serious I said God I know that what I'm doing is wrong I know doing drugs is wrong I know doing this other stuff is wrong and I really want to stop but I don't know how and I said if you're real so picture this we all went out and got loaded all stoned went out and partied and now I'm staying the night at a friend's house or they're staying out of my house and every single night, I don't care who was there, I would get down on my knees and I would pray. So I got down on my knees, I'm praying. There's three drunk friends of mine right here with me. And, and I'm praying. They said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying. And they said, praying about what? I said, I'm asking God to forgive me for the things that we did today. And they said, why? And I didn't know much. I just said, because I don't want to go to hell. That's all I said. And they said, I don't want to go to hell either. Can we pray? And that this didn't just happen once or twice or three times. Listen, every time I was with friends, every single night, and people say, well, that's a hypocrite. Does anybody know what a, a hypocrite is? What is a hypocrite? An actor. That's what the word literally means. You're acting. Well, I wasn't acting. I really did want to stop. But I had nothing better to stop for. So every night, I wasn't being a hypocrite. I truly wanted to stop. And me just, listen, doing that, I wasn't doing it to take a stand. I wasn't doing it to witness. I didn't even know what witnessing meant. I wasn't doing it to be a man of God. I just knew that I needed to change. And in front of people, I would repent. And these people would say, I need to repent also. You don't know what God can do through your life if you would just allow him to. And not to portray some man or woman of God or say you're holy. But listen, just say, God, if, listen, if you want to do something, I'll, open my, I'll say something. I'll tell somebody Jesus loves you. Or I'll tell somebody, go to church. Listen, the simplest thing God can take and turn somebody's life around who is, listen, miserable. My daughter's friend. Her mom is cheating on a bunch, I mean, sleeping with everything that moves. Her sister's a lesbian. Her dad's an alcoholic. Her mom tried to, her mom gave her, I think she said like 10 sleeping pills one time. Saying, just go to sleep here. She thinks her mother was trying to kill her. Then the next time she says she has a stomach ache, she gave her like 12 laxatives. So that is so, she should, this poor girl should have been dead. And now she's telling my daughter, I think my mom's trying to kill me. Her mom would tell her, I hate you. Why are you even here? I wish I never had you. And my daughter, Julia, ain't some spiritual, you know, she ain't like you guys, really saved and spiritual and worshiping God and love the Lord. And she just says, she just said, you want to come to church? Didn't witness to her? Nothing. This girl comes on out, 
First, she's freaked out because she heard me speaking in tongues. And she's like, what in the world? So we picked her up from the house. Before that, we picked her up and we're leaving. And her mom, who's, I don't know if she's trying to kill her or not. Kind of seems like that to me. Her mom's like, as we're driving off, remember, Mika, you're Catholic. <laughs> you're not a Christian. You're Catholic. She's telling her, in other words, don't go. Don't believe that lie, she's telling her. So she comes to church. She's kind of freaked out because I'm speaking in tongues. But as I'm preaching, the altar call comes. This girl begins, listen, just to cry. Just comes down the altar, gets saved. Now because she got saved, she's starting to pray. Her mom stopped, listen, stopped sleeping around with everything that moved. Her sister, who was a lesbian, broke up with this girl and now decides a lesbianism isn't wrong. The dad stops drinking. Is the family perfect? That's not what I'm saying. Is the family saved? No. But listen, a huge change has happened all because my daughter, listen, who isn't some spiritual, she make maybe quote a couple of scriptures. That's about it. Asked a young girl if she wanted to come to church and God began to move in her life. You can't do that if you're never a part of a local body. We're going to say, hey, why don't you come over and let's watch YouTube together. They don't even give an altar call on YouTube. They don't even pray for the sick on YouTube. They don't do anything like that on YouTube. And you don't know if it's going to be a man, a woman, a lesbian, transvestite. You don't know what it is. Amen. Half man, half dog. Who knows what they put on there? They put all kinds of craziness on there. All I'm saying, listen, is if you will submit in here, and I'm not talking about that you have to be involved in every ministry and you have, I'm just saying if you would come and just say, God, I understand that being a part of a local church can make a difference in my life, then at least, God, I will go to church. And I will go with a heart saying, God, if you can touch me and you can change me, then do it. And that's it. If you start right there, just if you just do that, listen, you're far above so many other Christians. If you could just do that, and then maybe if later on you'd say, God, and be honest with God, you know what? The Bible's really boring. But if you can help me like your word a little bit, maybe read it a little bit, Man, I love to read the Word of God, and I love to read now. I'm telling you, I never read before. Nothing, nothing. I never read a book. It is so important who your pastor is and who you allow to speak into your life and who you listen to and what you believe. Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, remember this faithful man who preached to you. This guy who told you the truth. Timothy, life is going to be hard. But if you will stick to the truth and remember the man of God who spoke it to you. And if you will submit to the man of God. I will change you and I will help you and I will be with you. And just listen, just allowing somebody to speak into your life can be hard. How many of you hate when your parents tell you anything? Everybody. Okay, we all agree. Anything they say, you get mad. You, they say, clean your room. I'll do it later. Or I'm not going to do it. Can you do some dishes? No, I don't want to do any dishes. Do your homework. I don't have any homework. And you know, and you have like, you know, five classes worth of homework. 
But if you would learn, listen, just to allow a man of God to speak into your life, your pastor, in your church, there is a supernatural covering that comes over your life. And you won't even understand it. But if you're willing to submit to a local church and your pastor, God can completely change you. And this life, that Christianity that seems boring to you and the word of God that seems boring can come so alive to you. And God, listen, can heal your heart because there's so many people who have a broken heart who have been mistreated and who are hurt. And that's why so many people are angry. But you can come in here and allow God to touch you and to change you. The other days, one of the girls at the high school, my daughter goes, she says, you're the only person that I know here in this school, and she doesn't know everybody, but she knows a lot of people whose parents are still together. Everybody else that I know, their parents are divorced. And then they hate either their father or their mother. That's kind of sad. And I bet you there's a lot of Christians there. If you will learn to say, God, you know what, I'm, how about just start with being honest? God, I, I don't even like going to church. I don't like praying. But if you will help me with that, then I'll start to obey you. I mean, let's bow our heads.